Most of us in healthcare are warm, caring people who are committed to keeping our patients safe and doing no harm. But there are some among us who do the unthinkable and betray our noble profession. On this podcast, we like to shine a light on the good and the bad. Each week, I'll be joined by another healthcare professional, and together we'll dive into these stories while chatting about nursing and healthcare along the way. I'm Tina, a registered nurse, and this is Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Welcome back to another week of true crime and nursing and healthcare. We just throw a little bit of everything in there. This week, I want to welcome back a fan favorite, Tom <laughs> from We'll Continue to Monitor Podcast. Hey, Tom, how are you? Just fine, ma'am. I'm just really happy back and I'm super, well, I was going to say excited to talk about tonight's episode. I'm t- excited to do the episode, but boy, you sure do know how to pick them. So. I know, I know. It's like, ooh, <laughs> this one's really, oh man. I mean, I like y'all. I always say this, but it, this one is, it's rough. It's a rough one. Also. It is a rough one. Yeah, definitely a trigger warning. Gun violence. It's it's rough. Uh, just to let you know that. Where is Ben, by the way? Because Tom doesn't do the podcast just by himself. The will will continue to monitor is a two person gig. It is a two person gig, but as people that have listened to you know the shows previously will know that Ben sometimes do crazy things. He is currently investigating whether an underwater submarine for tennis courts will be a viable option. I don't know why he thinks. That would be the appropriate way. I told him it was pretty dumb, to be honest. I think it was a pretty stupid idea. Have him check on pickleball, because I prefer pickleball. Pickleball. Myself. Okay. I honestly, at this point, I think as long as he's underwater in a submarine, which that's his fascination, don't ask me why, he would be okay with it. But I will be more than happy to ask him about pickleball. He likes to trap himself in closets. He just anywhere he can be alone and not be bothered by the world. That's Ben. You know, he's Mr. Standoffish. That's what he's known for. So. No, he's so funny. <laughs> and I definitely miss him. Not miss that he's not here tonight to do this episode with us. Well, as we talked about in a previous episode, he is a very busy guy. He is involved in city councils and stuff like that. So unfortunately, during the week, sometimes it's just hard to get him on the mic, but he is still around. He is still alive and kicking. But every once in a while, we let him out. We take him off the leash. We let him talk a little bit on the microphone, but then we put him right back away. Mm -hmm. You don't want too much Ben. Too much Ben's bad. Just a little Ben at a time. So, well, tell him that everybody here misses him. Yes, ma'am. I absolutely will. If I can get a message down to the submarine, I'll be more than happy to let him know what's going okay. on with that. <laughs> Are you thinking about going back to school to get a master's degree, maybe a family nurse practitioner degree? Well, it's so important to choose the right program. Samuel Merritt University's MSN FNP program has a 100% employment rate after six months. Unbelievable. And Samuel Merritt University has been kind enough to continue to sponsor our podcast. And they want us to let you know they're continuing to offer a $10,000 scholarship to anyone enrolled in their MSN, DNP, or Family Nurse Practitioner programs. If you're interested in getting more information about these programs, you can visit them at smumsn.com. That's smumsn.com. And of course, we'll put that link on our website if you want to just go to goodnursebatters.com. 
I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to trustedhealth.com, be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. Well, I guess we can get started with this bad nurse story. My goodness, it is a rough one. Let me just tell you. So this is the story of Rajay Sharif Black. Rajay was a registered nurse anesthetist, so a CRNA from Maryland. And on December 11th in 2001, he was 44 years old. And he opened a Facebook, his Facebook app on his mobile phone and started a live stream. And this is what he said. He said, I just did something crazy, man. He confessed on the live stream. I just shot my ex-girlfriend in the head, yo. Felt like a dream. I never thought I would be that guy. This is on a Facebook live. Correct. And unfortunately, this has become something of a thing to do. If you look at some of the other past shootings that have been ever, you know, put out on live streams, Facebook Live tends to be one of the ones that they go on, or at least that's one we tend to hear about. There's been some mass shooters that have put out their stuff on Facebook Live. It's just it's an easy access social media platform, but it's become... I guess the Vogue thing to do for some people is to try and live stream their mayhem while they're doing it. So unfortunately, as much as I wish this was the first and last time we heard about something like this, it's something you're going to continue to hear about with social media just in general. I almost wonder if there is a way for Facebook or some of these social media apps to have enough of a delay, you know, at least people that are following them could report it and maybe it could get pulled down quickly. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it should be. I would think there would be a way to do it. But again, this becomes the other problem is so then who decides what's acceptable? And, you know, if I just say the word gun, does that mean it's going to trigger something where it stops my entire, you know, show? So they can't do that either. They are kind of in a bind. I agree with you. There's got to be some kind of safety net or safety issue they can put in on this. But Honestly, I realistically, I don't know enough about social media, you know, video making or computers to be able to figure it out. But you would think there would be a way, you know, with facial technology or facial recognition technology and stuff like that. If some guy's got a gun in his face in the same picture, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there should be some way for it to go. Hey, this is a set of pictures that shouldn't exist. Somebody should know about this. I, You would think that would happen. Yeah, well, in doing the research for the story, and this story goes beyond this, believe it or not. This is not. Oh, it goes a lot more beyond this. It's just scratching the surface of what actually happened. But from what I gathered and watching like the different news stories and different accounts of what happened, apparently he didn't appear upset. Like he came across as very calm. And from what people said that he came across like, like you wouldn't really expect someone who's in that state of mind to be coming across, if that makes sense. Well, it does make sense. What I would tell people though is, and again, this is something I'm sure you can, you know, actually back up is sometimes people in the midst of the worst moment of life, they don't act the way you'd expect. I've seen people laugh when we tell them, like, your father just died. And I know she's not laughing because she thinks it's funny. And I know she's not enjoying that moment, you know, but I have seen, 
you know, people react in ways you just wouldn't expect. There are times where it does feel malicious, though. And that's what I was going to get back to is I think I always tell people to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at somebody and you're like, this person's just having a bad moment, you know it versus sometimes when they say something, you have that inkling like this person's not being honest. And I think maybe people that knew him enough to have him as a friend on social media saw the person on that video and knew he was not being genuine. And I just I trust the people that know him. And clearly he was doing something odd. Yeah. His former girlfriend that he was talking about, her name was Tara LeBang. She was 41. She was a nurse anesthetist as well. She was of Filipino and Hawaiian descent, and police later found her dead in her apartment in Baltimore, and it turns out she worked at Ascension St. Agnes Hospital and apparently was loved by her coworkers. So one coworker said, when she was happy, you were happy. I know people like this, you know, that it's there it's infectious you know they kind of it's sort of a cliche you know we do the i do a lot of these true crime stories so it really is a cliche when people say oh there would light up a room people who who something horrible tragic you know that happened to them unti- in an untimely way um always seem to light up rooms for some reason, those people. So I, for me, I feel like I'm totally safe. I don't think I'm that person that lights up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's ever just, I want them to be called out for being liars at my funeral. If they ever yeah. say, Tom was just that ray of sunshine you looked for on a cloudy day. I'm like, no, I'm gonna be like eh, Tom was the cloud. <laughs> Are you talking about Tom? Like I have in the casket. That's not who we're talking about. Yes, I'm glad. I'm going to have to call I'm, you on that one. I'm glad all the people that know me would be like, mm, you clearly are at the wrong place. This is not the same guy. Like, sure, he was funny at times, but Ray of Sunshine, no, my friend. He yeah, funny I could take. Funny, yeah. I absolutely will accept that 100%. Yeah, but yeah, optimistic. No, but, you know, I wonder, because, and I've been on the show several times with you, and I've heard that more than yeah. once. Yeah. What I get... What I go back to, though, is I do believe that there are some people that they are infectious. Like when they walked around, you just and I know a doctor that was like that. No matter what was going on in the world, he was just the happiest guy in the world. You couldn't be in a bad mood. You didn't want to tell him something bad in a bad way. Like even if he had bad news, you'd be like, oh, sir, let me talk to you for a second. And you try to like break it easy to him. You knew he wasn't upset, but he was just such a great guy. I wonder if it. Is it like that or is it just because that's their memory? Like, and that's how they want to remember the person. Because like you said, that's one of the key things. And I'm not trying to bring this down. I'm just trying to say, I think sometimes we want to remember good people in the best way possible. So I'm sure Miss Tara had bad days, but what they chose to remember, you know, are those good moments. So I always wonder, because I agree with you, I've heard it a million times myself is, boy, that boy, when they smiled, you just couldn't help but smile or something like that. It's always... But is that because that's really how it was or is it because of how they remember it? I don't know. I think that you would be the expert to tell us that, I think. So, yeah, I think that probably makes a lot of sense that when someone passes away, you tend to you can sort of I think you minimize all the negative stuff. Every all the negative stuff is just not important anymore. That kind of fades into the background and you remember the positive things about them, which I think it's a good thing that we do that. I know that our minds don't go to that negative stuff like we remember the good things about that person. I personally like that. I think not a bad thing at all. 
I'm just saying if you die before me, I'm going to find one thing I didn't like, and that's all I'm going to talk about. The thing I'd be like, yeah, one time she totally stole the fork off my table when we were at dinner. I know she stole that fork, and I just can't deal with that fork stealing. And that's what I'm going to choose. And you're going to stand up at my funeral (laughs) when everybody else is up there like, ah, yes, Tina was this and that. And you're going to be like, well, you know what? I actually t- didn't like her. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you about this time she stole a fork in Nashville. And I'm telling you, I know it happened. Yeah, that's, I am the levity. I will bring it back to a good, even pace. So. I love it. So, but I don't know that Miss Tara was in that, but I just wonder when I hear you say that because it's true, you know? Now, I'll tell you from the picture, she looked a lot younger. Like when I read that she was 41, I was like, oh my God. So she did have that very, even in her picture, she just exuded like she did. youth and happy. Like that's I can very tell you true. just from pictures, she looked like that. So, I mean, yep. that's probably very true in her case. Well, apparently Mr. Black was far from happy. And he says that he was suffering from depression. And in his Facebook Live post, when he, right after he had committed this crime, and when he went on live on Facebook, he said that the person that really started his depression and everything that he was going through was his ex-wife. But for some reason, he chose to kill his girlfriend. But now that he's killed her, he's focusing on his ex-wife. And he just stayed on Facebook Live and he said, so she's next. And then I'm going to do myself too. But I just want to say this to people. Don't play with people's emotions, man. Don't lie on these men. And that's what he said on his live post. So court records show a hearing in the custody case that had been going on for years. He had been for years battling through the court system to have his children going through a nasty divorce and custody battle. And his ex-wife, Wendy Black was her name, had submitted a handwritten plea to the court for protection, saying, and multiple times she had done this, saying that her ex-husband had, quote, mouthed, I'm coming for you. And she also said that Roger Black has a history of threatening, pushing, shoving, biting, intimidating, mental abuse and emotional abuse towards me. I am terrified because I do not know what he's capable of doing to me and the girls. I do not feel that we are safe. I do not feel safe at all. I feel that my life is in danger. And that's that's what she wrote in her own handwriting. I saw it in a, a news recording that I was watching on YouTube. It showed the actual picture of the notebook paper in her handwriting. And that's exactly what she said. So her attorneys had filed on her behalf claims that he has serious issues with anger management and violence, a history of alcohol and drug abuse. He's made threats to harm and kill his ex-wife, including killing her with a gun. And also that he has easy access to weapons. I looked for information on this case. I didn't find a ton outside of like basically the stuff we're going to cover tonight. Did at any point, did you find anything about... Each state calls it something different, but a protection from abuse order or an anti-stalking order. Did you see anything where the court had granted that? Because I did not find anything like that. No, they didn't. Apparently, he filed several claims against her. She filed claims against him. They were claiming, you know, abuse on both sides. Apparently, he said she tried to run over him with a car. She was trying to keep his children hidden from him. And then... She made the claims that I that I said there from her statement. But those were all thrown out on both sides in the court system. So I understand that d- judges have a very difficult job. I mean, I don't 
pretend to, you know, that I could do a yeah. better job than them. Oh, I and, think you could than some of them for sure. I mean, yeah. Because at the same time, you know, when you have someone that's so heartfelt, you know, and saying the things that she's saying, that I'm scared, I'm afraid for my life. He has easy access to guns. He has said, I'm going to come for you. I mean, I get it that people make false accusations that does happen, but I am so incredibly sick and tired of doing stories about women who have gone to the court system to ask for protection and the and they're denied. They're just like, nah, throw it out. Each state is going to have its own individual requirements. Most states are going to require some threat of violence or proof that there is the ability to carry out violence. Okay, so it's one thing if you and I were married and you say, and again, these are just very general. These are not specific, you know, legal issues. But if you were to say me and Tom are getting a divorce and I'm afraid he's going to hit me. Well, honestly, there's. So, I mean, I could hit you at any point, even if it was on accident. The court is not likely to say, okay, that's something. But if you were to say Tom has, you know, this type of gun, he has access to this gun. I've seen him shoot this gun, so I know he knows how to operate it. He said he's going to specifically get that gun out of that closet and shoot me. Now you're introducing not only an element of danger, but the ability to carry it out. And usually that's where courts start to go, okay, is there something to this? Do we need to enforce this PFA? And again, I don't have the court filings in front of me and I don't know what the lawyers argued. So there may be a lot of other issues going on here, but she certainly seemed to have pointed out he has a gun. He has a history of violence. He said he's going to use that gun for violence. He has that gun. I know people probably listening to this are with you. They're very angry. But again, I'm with you also that the judge has got a hard job. He's got to try and stay neutral as much as possible. (laughs) I mean, he is a human, but my heart does go out to both Tara and Wendy when they're saying this guy has a history of violence. He has a gun. He says he's going to shoot me with the gun. And now here we are talking about him having shot them with a gun. You do want to say, what more can we do? Clearly, women are the victim of these types of violence. Overwhelming. Okay. I did want to point out men are the victims of domestic violence as well. Okay. But let's face the facts. If you were a woman, you are much more likely to be the victim of domestic violence than a man. And you are much more likely to suffer serious harm if there is physical abuse than a man. And so I agree with you. I think that these protection from abuse orders at your state level is something. If I were a woman, I would want to know. I would want to know what happens if my husband hit me, what what rights do I have? For a lot of women, this is never going to be something they need to know. But if you're in a situation where you don't feel safe all the time, these are the things that you have to have this information to make your life better. And I hope you get it. There's a woman right now, a nurse in the state of New York, who did fight back, who protected herself. And in the process of trying to protect herself, her husband was stabbed. Her ex-husband, he, he came over to her apartment, her apartment, and came in and threatened her. And she was just trying to protect herself. He was intoxicated. He ended up dying as a result of being stabbed during the struggle. And she is now facing a homicide charge. Ridiculous. It It is ridiculous. And I always hate to jump to conclusions, which I just did, because I don't know all the facts of the case. I'm sure you do. And that's I trust you. I do. Her name is Tracy McCarter. I followed the whole story. And let me just tell you, it is so ridiculous. There is no better word for it. 
based on knowing you and hearing you talk about it, it does sound ridiculous. I'm just saying for me, I try to not just like I have this tendency to jump. You know, I have that tendency to be if I hear something I don't like, it's stupid. You know, and I just yell. So what I was going to say is I would like to hear more. But based on just those facts alone, I would find it incredibly hard to reason why this woman is on trial. And again, if you're the family of the man, you're going, well, he's dead. Well, yeah, that does not give him the right, though, to show up to her house intoxicated and threaten her life. And so she has every right to defend herself. This is where the difficulty becomes, though, is we know all this stuff in hindsight. It's I I feel for the judges trying to thread that needle of protecting you. But not taking away someone's rights at the same time, it's a very difficult. It's a very difficult seesaw to try and balance. And I really wish, though, for Tara and Wendy it had fallen their way because they deserved it. And I really feel like the system failed them. And this is the type of thing that we do. I'm glad you do the show. And this is why I'm glad to come on it is because this is the type of story that people need to hear so that they know that these things happen, you know, and it just, it is, it's terrible. I've seen it on both sides and it's just, it never, never gets easy. Never goes away. No, it doesn't. At the time of the live stream, he black stood outside of the apartment complex of Wendy Black, his ex-wife, he knew, and he, had, as he had stated, they had already killed his girlfriend. And so in his mind, his ex-wife was the cause of all of his problems, and he intended to punish her for that. And again, I know I've been on the show several times, and maybe there's people that haven't heard me, and I do have the background in law enforcement. And the only reason I'm bringing that up right now is because I have worked a lot of domestic violence cases, ladies. A lot. Right. The minute this is general human nature. Okay. In particular for men that are abusive towards women, but this is people in general. This is at your job. This is anywhere. As soon as the person is immediately targeting someone else or likely you in a conversation as the sole reason that they are unhappy, you need to be aware. The hair on your neck should be standing up. You should be creating space between you and that person. Even if it's just a verbal and they're not even angry, I don't care because the minute someone mentally has focused on you as the problem in their world, that means their brain is now trying to formulate a reason to get rid of that problem. Now, most conscious people are just like flip you off mentally or physically and they walk off. I mean, that's the average person. Unfortunately, if they have a history of violence, if they have access to weapons or they have alcohol or drug abuse, that is a very bad combination. And again, this is one of the things I do talk to women about. A lot. And as soon as someone is threatening in any way, but this is one of those early signs. This is one of those things a lot of people don't pay attention to. But later on, they go, oh, I wish I just thought of. No. As soon as someone says the words, you are the reason I am unhappy. You are the reason I am depressed. The only reason I'm broke is because you stole my money. Unless you physically actually did steal their money, you have to realize that person is now targeting you. You are starting to become an object, and that is a bad place to be unless you can have a realistic conversation. So that is a big personal safety, like workplace safety is a big thing for me. And that's one of the things I try and tell people. I don't care where you work. I don't care if you work for an insurance company or you're a nurse. The minute someone starts saying, well, the reason my family is unhappy or I'm unhappy is because of you. 
in any way, shape or form, you need to start paying attention to what's happening. Like, are they physically balling their fist up? Like, are they coming towards you? You know, are they blading, which is when they like move their body in an angle to you? Cause that's a way like they're going to try and punch. Like you need to be aware, but that's the first thing that they usually start to talk about when they're winding themselves up is. And so I'm not surprised to hear this language. She's the reason I'm depressed is what he said on Facebook before he shot her. You know, like he is making her the object. He is trying to say, it's not my fault. I'm unhappy. It's got to be all her fault. And so that makes it easy. That's his okay. That's his okay mentally to do what he's about to do because it's not his fault. It's her fault. Oh, yeah. He's blaming her. I just hope maybe if only even if only one person listening to this hears somebody else start to say that and they go, hey, you know what? Maybe we just need to break this conversation off or they create space whatever, but diffuse it, try and get away. And again, you have to make that call. You're in the conversation. I'm just saying you need to be aware that language like that is usually an indicator of what's coming next. So that sounds very toxic. It It is. And, but it's one of those open festering wounds. Like you can see, like after you see it, after you deal with people that are like that long enough, you start to go, okay, as soon as they start to talk like that, you have to start recognizing what it is. That's and they're pattern. targeting. Yes. Yeah. Like they're showing their hand. So Yeah, just get away. Don't engage. Don't continue. Don't make it worse, certainly. CBD Stat, they're amazing products. Love them. They support our podcast. Their CBD product is some of the absolute purest CBD out there. And some of my friends use it for headaches. I personally use it for foot pain. It helps with some people with their back pain. It's truly an amazing product. And they are so good to healthcare professionals. Such a good company. You know, I was able to use their product for the first time after you and I returned from Washington, D.C. for the Nurses March. They provided me with some samples. And I used it on a sore knee and then later on a sore wrist. And it helped so much. My daughter even uses it on her back for her scoliosis. And it really does help. That's amazing. And of course, their products are 100% THC free, which is great for travel nurses who have to take a drug test every three months. They only offer very strong CBD greater than 1,000 milligrams. If you're interested, you can go to cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. That's cbdstat.care forward slash good nurse, bad nurse. Be sure and put the forward slash good nurse, bad nurse in there so they'll know that we sent you there. Well, sadly, the police said that the last words that you can hear on that Facebook Live is him saying, today's the day, as he entered her apartment. And he did fatally shoot his ex-wife before he turned the gun on himself. So there is a popular attorney on YouTube, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't really want to give him any more publicity or any more followers, but he did a YouTube live with his followers. He's a very popular attorney. It's a very popular YouTube. And I was looking for versions of the story for people who had covered it. And so when I saw this attorney, I thought it was somebody connected to the case, but he's, it's not someone connected to the case. It's someone who is an attorney that is just a, on social media. He's a YouTuber that is commenting about the case. But what really frustrated me about this is that he says the court system is who is to blame in this situation. He actually says that there were domestic violence charges filed on both sides, as I said earlier, but they were dismissed. That is true. But he thinks that somehow proves that Black was the victim, was a victim in this case. He doesn't say that he was the only victim, but he says, and he doesn't even say that he's not 
he's just saying there's blame to go around, but he's definitely making him out to be a victim and he's justifying his actions. And, you know, the video on Facebook is obviously very disturbing that live that this man did, but I'm not sure which is more disturbing because to watch a highly educated, cool, calm and collected man analyze this case and come to the conclusion that basically this man is a victim of the court system and he was pushed to do this by his circumstances is very disturbing to me. And I think he obviously has a lot of influence over a lot of people who follow him on that channel. But let me tell you something, the police found this man's two children in the car outside of the apartment building. And what people were saying during this live at the, the, for this attorney, who and a lot of them are agreeing with him. They're saying that man is a victim. People are even calling him a hero. And they're saying he was fighting for his children. He loved his children. And that attorney said that. He loved his children. He, you don't fight for your children for years if you, unless you love your children. He loved his children. I'm sorry. Sometimes people fight for their children because they see them as objects and they just want to win. And, and anybody who would go in and shoot the mother of their children and leave while the children are in the car outside the apartment does not love those children. Their actions speak a whole lot louder than their words. I couldn't have said any of that better. I find it really hard for people to try and justify something like that, especially like you said, I, my question is, where's the money? Like he's not doing this for free. So what is either a, the money that's coming in or b the money they're expecting to come from, you know, for this type of case. So I, I don't understand what this lawyer could possibly have other than dollar signs. And the mere fact that's the reason he's defending this person should be the cause for concern. Like that's, he's willing to smear these people's names so that his client can make him money. And that's how it seems to be coming across. As you said before, this person has talked about being violent to his wife. He put it on Facebook Live, and then he actually did it. You know, he orphaned his children. Is there mental health involved with this or drug and alcohol abuse? I would likely say so. Does that negate what he did and make it okay? Not in any way. So I don't see where this victimhood is coming from in in this lawyer's case. The only victims in this case are Tara and Wendy. And he is somehow completely neglected to talk about them. So it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, especially like you said, it just seems it is so openly for, and again, not trying to sound politically correct, but as a dude watching the world right now, it seems like there's just open war on women right now. And that this dude is thinking it's okay to cash in on that. And it's just sad, but that's how it looks. And he thinks it's okay to talk like that should be a sign to society that there's a problem when a guy is like, yeah, you can just do that. It's okay. Yeah. And when you get on your social media account and you have thousands of people following you and hundreds of people getting on this live and commenting and listening and who knows how many people end up watching that video, they are listening to what you say and they're, yeah, absolutely. I think he's a hero. And it's, you know, this is, it's expected to happen when the court system and what they do to fathers and, you know, they always take the woman's side and they're justifying his action. And they're actually saying that he, well, there's no proof that what she accused him of, the abuse, the threat, the threats and all of those things that they're saying there's no no proof that what she accused him of actually happened. I'm sorry, but the fact that he shot her and not just her, 
But his other girlfriend, another woman, two different people in two different relationships shot both of them. I think that pretty much proves that he was a violent person and he threatened. And the fact that he walked in and said, today's the day to me is saying that he's been telling her for a while now that he was going to do this. And today is the day. And that's how he meant it when he walked through the door. He's saying, I've been telling you I'm going to do this. And today is the day. I mean, I totally get that the system is stacked against certain people. I understand that. I've, I see it all the time. I see it in these stories that I do. You know, I definitely see it. Wrongful convictions, people convicted of ridiculous crimes when other people, you know, get to go scot-free. I mean, in the case of Tracy McCarter that I was talking about in New York, she's a black woman. Her husband, her ex-husband was a white man. A lot of people believe that has something to do with why she's getting railroaded the way that she is. And honestly, as a person that, again, I was law enforcement, there's that part of me that's always going to bleed blue. Let's not mince words, okay? But at the same time, it is awfully hard for me to not have that same question. And again, I try to keep my mind open, okay? But at the same time, let's face some facts. A drunk dude walks into a girl's house. She stabs him in self-defense. Any other way that story goes down is so what? But all of a sudden you find out she's getting, you know, like you said, for railroaded, and she is. And then those are the only outstanding facts you find out. You're like, hey, man, this is starting to look like there's some, you know, problems going on and they're not colorblind problems what i'm getting at and so to go back to this though i again i'm not just trying to agree with you just to agree with you but i'm just you know so let's say wendy was being unfair to him let's say for just one second that's true then explain tara and that's that would be my entire argument okay Let's say you're right. I'll give you that. Look, And I'm not. Okay. For anybody listening, I'm not. But for argument's sake, okay. Wendy did cause them some issues in this court proceeding. Explain Tara. And when they can't, that should show that their entire premise is not good. Yeah. I think his reasoning that he gave during the Facebook Live was something to the effect of she, they were in an argument and she was pregnant. He shot her girlfriend and she was pregnant with his child. But she basically, he says that she threatened him that she was going to do the same thing to him that his ex-wife did, that he wasn't going to see his child or some something like that. You know, I've said this before. When, if I walk into a family, a patient's uh, room and they are really unreasonable to me, they're rude, they're insulting, disrespectful, all the things that sometimes patients, sometimes, not all, not sometimes. actually not most of the time. But sometimes they can be and family members can be. Yeah. Yeah. But if I, when they do that, they will push my buttons. They have, I have had my buttons pushed. Many times I let it run oil off my back. There are times when all of the stars align and I've just had just enough of a stressful day and too many patients to try to, I believe, care, you know, safely care for. And it's just too much. And I just can't take one more thing. And then that final little straw that breaks the camel's back is the that family member or that patient that says this one like snarky remark that's insulting and condescending. And I literally just like snap at them. And I like let them have that ugly Tina that can come out that's like, I will put you right in your place and not even think twice about it. And then all of a sudden, like nice Tina that they've been seeing 
that most people see there, you know, it's like, where did this person come from? But it, there, she's in there. I mean, I'm in there and it can be provoked. You know what? It's still on me. It is still on me. When I walk out of the room, I feel so bad. The times that's happened, it's not happened a lot, but the times that it's happened, I walk out of the room feeling horrible. Not because I don't necessarily think that they didn't deserve it. I might even think they totally deserve that. But I don't want them to dictate my behavior. It is on me if I choose to act in a way that is unprofessional, that is inappropriate, and that's wrong. It's on me. It's not on them. They don't make me do anything. I allow myself. And he allowed himself to get angry enough to kill not only one person, but two people and leave his children without parents. There is no justification for that. There isn't. And even if somebody were to say, you know, well, he was manic bipolar or bipolar depressed or schizophrenic. What I would say in that case is, okay, you want to be less mad at Rajay. That's your choice. But that still means we failed Tara and Wendy. Like the system at some point failed him because he's been in the courts. They have given judges handwritten letters. They have done all this stuff. So let's say it wasn't his fault directly. You know, whatever argument you want to say, the point is at the end of the day, the victim is still Wendy and Tara and Wendy and Tara should be alive. And whether we blame him or we blame the court system that or mental health system or all three, I still feel terrible at the end of the day that Tara and Wendy are not with us. Because of the actions of him. And I do agree with you. I do think that this is on him. I think that this is somebody that has gotten away with acting like this for so long that he just assumes he can continue to act like it. That's just the impression I've got from reading some of the background stuff. And like you said, he mouthed to her in court, you know, (laughs) threats like he clearly was not taking the situation serious. And to me, that's less of a mental health indication and more of a he thinks like narcissism, like he thinks he's more important than them. And again, I don't know if that's right. I'm not trying to make a psychological evaluation. I'm just saying that in every way that this guy, somebody tries to paint as a victim. I try and say, well, how? And I've yet to come up with a good reason. I've tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, if nothing else, to try and keep an open mind, but I can't find one. You know, and I try to do that with all the cases, but I try and see, like, how did this happen? And I, other than we failed Wendy and Tara, and we should have been harsher on Rajay, I don't see what else we could have done. At the end of the day, this was a tragedy. There are two kids that are orphans now. For no reason other than the action of their father. And it's just it's a hard day to swallow all the way around. It's just a heartbreaking story. <laughs> the more I read, I'm just like, God, this is just getting worse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Today's the day. I just. Yeah. It, it, like, like you said, someone saying that it's very hard for me to go. Even even if it wasn't until the moment he walked in there, he had every intention. Like he could have stopped. He realized what he realized at the I, I feel to me. First of all, putting it on Facebook Live and then saying like like a specific phrase, like even if it wasn't today, is like this is the moment, like whatever it is. The point is that he put a finality on it, like this is it. This is I told you it was coming and here it is. And it's just very hard for me to try and fathom that a person that took the time to put on Facebook media, make it an address like he didn't just turn it on and like video film it. 
he actually did like a little monologue, you know, who talked about why he was going to do it and then did it. And it's just awfully hard for me to say, well, that was a heat of the moment, passionate crime. No. When no, you had to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so every time you say, well, somebody's defending him, I keep going, how or why? And not that I'm looking for him to have a defense. It's just I try and keep an open mind or I try and go, well, what if? And I'll be honest, I don't find any. I don't have any what ifs. I don't have any where in my head that goes, well, maybe there isn't. This was uh, just a terrible day and I just feel bad all the way around. So. Well, thanks for that. I so, know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can wrap up that story and move on to nicer things because that's what—that's why it's called Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. We always do. We like to end on it. Oh, that's right. I forgot um, about the good nurse part. Mm-hmm. You always tell me about how we listen to the bad nurse part. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I like to end on a good note. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day, and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo Technology Company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littman to make the stethoscopes, to beat all stethoscopes, the 3M Littman Core Digital Stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course, I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. And so she was so excited because she could actually hear what heart sounds were supposed to sound like. She said, I'm going to ask for one of these for graduation. And I was like, yeah, you definitely should. So just so you know, the echo technology that makes this stethoscope so amazing, um, you can enable it with a flip of a switch. You can turn it on and off. It has active noise cancellation up to 40 times amplification, wireless auscultation using Bluetooth technology. It connects with Echo's free app and software so that you can visualize, record, share, live stream, analyze heart sounds, lung sounds, and whatever body sounds you want to listen to. So you can go to echohealth.com and use the promo code GNBN to get 10% off your order. And that's Echo is spelled E-K-O, by the way. So it's echohealth.com and use the GNBN promo code to get 10% off your order. So well, I wanted to talk, I've been wanting to talk about this. Someone sent me this TikTok about this service that's offered nationally. And it's it's like a council called the Nurse Nurses Honor Guard. And it's run by a woman by the name of Julie Murray. Um I was really amazed by this when I watched the TikTok. She basically explains what they do. It's a tribute that is done by nurses at a funeral to honor the nurse that has passed away and sort of signify that they have completed their nursing duties, which, you know, people are funny on social media. And somebody commented like, oh, great, I have to die before I can complete my duties as a nurse. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, great. I didn't do enough while I was alive. Now I got to do something else. Yeah. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I thought it was so sweet because there, I know that there are a lot, there are some people who say, you know, I'm a nurse, but I'm just, you know, I'm just, that's a job. That's something that I do. It's not who I I am. And I don't identify that way. It's a job that I know how to do. And when I'm not there, I'm not a nurse. But then there are other people who say, I'm a nurse. And that's who I will always be a nurse, whether I'm working in a hospital or not working at all and retired, I will always be a nurse. And there are a lot of people that feel that way. 
I totally understand that first person. Like, and I'm not saying there aren't days I don't do that. There are, I'm going to tell you right now, there are days I come home. I'm like, you better, I don't, you better not even ask me if you need NyQuil. Don't ask me a question. I don't want to answer any more medical questions. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care if you got a rash. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it, you know, and I do get it. You do need those times. I think every medical professional needs some relief, like get away. I don't want to talk about, you know, how much water you drank today. I don't want to talk about body fluids. Just go somewhere else. And for those people, I support them. I really, I really honestly do. If that's how you are cool, but I am very solidly in camp too. I feel it's just in your blood. You know, I think that's how it is. I think, and I think fairly or unfairly, Everyone around you attaches that to you. So it becomes you. Even if you don't want it to be you, you will be, you know, a nurse when you're not around. I literally was just at a cookout and immediately there was family members that were like, so my doctor said I have this. What do you think? And I'm like, well, I think I want a bratwurst, but I apparently I want to talk to you about liver function. So that's, you know, I mean, but and that's OK, though. That's what I accept. Like, that's who I am. To my family, when they're sick, they have somebody that they can trust and they can come talk to you. And when you're the nurse, that's who you are. Like, that's our identity is when people don't feel good, they trust us to take care of them. And so it's really hard to get away from that persona. Like you said, like we just accept it. That's what we do all day. And then when people need our help, it's kind of hard. If you're the person that's willing to take care of people, it's awfully hard to turn that feeling off because people always need help. And so... I get it. I really wish I was more like one, but I'm very solidly in two. I'll be honest. So, well, I thought it was funny. I wanted to talk to a guy, you know, a, a male <laughs> yes. nurse, as if you will, about this because I wonder because part of this whole service that they offer, which I think is very sweet and I love it. I think it's very respectful and it's very nice that they do this. And they said that a lot of the they are always well received by the family. That family really appreciates them for doing that. Um, but having said that, they do say Very that specific. Yeah. it is they wear the like traditional all white uniform and there apparently is a cape that was worn by nurses during the war to attend to soldiers and they have the white cap. And so when I think about all of the men that I work alongside in the ICU, I work with a lot of men. I, almost, I Sometimes it's 50 percent men. I, yeah. I could see Maybe, that. In sometimes more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when so when I see this, immediately I love it right away. It just that just makes me feel great, you know, just to think of, you know, these sweet people, how kind and giving they are, you know, to sacrifice their time. You know, this is something that they're doing, you know, on a volunteer basis. But then I'm like, wait, wait, what about the guys? Like <laughs> <laughs> like, what if Tom wanted to open up a chapter, <laughs> you know, in this state where he lives? Could he see? Do you have to wear like the white skirt and the white hat and the cape? Well, you know, I guess I would. I don't know how well that's going to go over. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I did, you know, the traditional thing. We had that in school. Like our school did the traditional type of uniform stuff for like graduation stuff. And clearly me and another guy that were in our class were bald, like bald, bald, not even, not like short bald like razor Boop. there is nothing to put it on so the hat things come up more than once and honestly by and large nobody wants to see us in it. so <laughs> we nobody like i have zero times in my life 
had a person go, you know, I've heard white scrubs. I've heard all of it. But a hat, they all go, nah, you are not putting a hat. Don't even, you wouldn't even attempt to look okay in a hat. Don't put a hat on. The weird thing about the cape is I've heard of the old school cape thing, but like Florence Nightingale old, and that's like Crimean War. That's like the 1800s. So when someone says it, I'm like, yeah, you probably haven't seen it because we probably haven't been wearing it for like 150 years. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about the cape thing, but I think it's a great thing that they are uniformed. And maybe it's because, you know, the military in me, but I do like a good crisp uniform and people that match, you know? (laughs) So I'm like, ooh, when I watched that TikTok by the person who founded it, by the way, I totally support it. I think it's great. I think it's a great foundation or organization, however you want to put it. And I think what they do is really awesome. I've seen the Patriot Guard for military, you know, obviously police, you know, we have police escorts. I mean, I think nurses should have it. I think it's fantastic. And I just, as a guy though, I think we're all cool with the white scrubs, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what they would want to do uniform wise. Like, are they going to give us like, I don't know. There was no guy nurses when they had capes. So I don't know if they're cape Mm -hmm. for guy uniform. Like that's a really good question. I am, I'm actually very intrigued about the history of men's nursing uniforms now for some weird reason. I will like, I want to know what I kind of am too. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. The name of this website is OPEIU Nurses Council. That's the name of the council, the organization. It's called the Nurses Honor Guard. And the ceremony is brief, they say. It takes about five minutes. It consists of reciting the Nightingale Tribute and laying of a white rose on the casket or next to the urn, symbolizing the nurse's dedication to the profession. After the Nightingale's tribute is recited, a triangle is rung. After a roll call for the nurse's name is called three times and the triangle is rung after each call of the name. After the roll call, the words are spoken that the nurse is officially released from their nursing duties. A lit nightingale lamp is carried up at the beginning of the ceremony and is then extinguished and presented to the family with personal condolences made. They say it's not difficult or expensive to start a nurse's honor guard in your area. The caps and lamps are available online and the caps, the capes are handmade with a simple pattern. Once you take the idea to nurses in your area, you form a volunteer list that you can call on. The larger the group, the better, as not everyone would be available each time. Your services is needed. Retired nurses are also a valuable resource. Once you have a few meetings and get your caps and capes, you can make appointments with local funeral directors and let them know to offer this service to the family. It's helpful to provide them with a flyer to give to the family. Each nurse is responsible to purchase their own white uniform and shoes. So it's all a voluntary basis kind of thing. It's something that you would just, if you wanted to do it, you would be responsible for kind of getting together volunteers and all fi- everybody figuring out the uniform and all of the, you know, how to communicate with it. So what you're saying is it's on me to figure out. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't remember when you said it. I don't know if it was pre-show or during the show, but you said at some point like, Oh God, I still have to deal with this. And when you said they're released from nursing duty, I'm like, that's what it takes, huh? It takes going in the box to get out of this deal. That's it. Yeah. If I'm telling you right now, for the last couple of years, it feels like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just, Oh my goodness. But no, I think, fantastic organization i'm really glad you i didn't know they existed so hopefully we get the you know you got a large crowd here hopefully you know they spread we can get the word spread and maybe get some more honor guards out there i think that'd be great yeah 
I hope so. And if any guys start one, I want to know immediately. Like, I want to yeah. know how this what is going What are you going to do down. in lieu of the cape? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have so Something many questions else. now. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. But no, I like the history of nursing. I love, uh, well, I'm a guy. So, you know, the History Channel, I love all that stuff anyways. So the history of nursing has always been something really cool. So I think that someone doing this is just fantastic. I just, I hope they get more members. I hope this, I hope they explode after this. I hope it's a great thing and everybody wants to join now. So way to go, Miss Tina. Hopefully you turn that tide. They have a run on white caps and capes after this somewhere maybe (laughs) they may they might you don't know remind everybody where they can find you and ben and all your shenanigans well ben you can just find well really anywhere who cares it's just ben me though on the other hand you can go to just some podcast dot com i don't know i think it's one word whatever there's a website right and there's a bunch of uh, things on there. But the ones that are important are we'll continue to monitor. That's our new mystery podcast. And then we have our just some podcast, which is like a healthcare education. And you can find both of the just some podcast media. And then, yeah, I don't know. Listen to us every once in a while, like anywhere you get a podcast. I don't know. I don't do this. This is what Ben does. We have a social media. I know there's an Instagram or something, Twitter. I don't know that stuff. So yeah, reach out to us. We actually had a person on our last episode of just on podcast was she sent us a message say i get this really great story i really think it's great as a matter of fact it was so great we actually had her come on the show to do it with us so yeah we like to have fun we're not as nice as miss tina so i mean if you like nice but you know there you go (laughs) so and i do this is something we don't use adult language on we'll continue monitor we are family friendly on that show just some podcast, I would warn you if you're thinking about listening to it, I would say do it, but be aware if you have little ears or you don't want to hear cussing, we're not your show. We are very adult. We are two guys with various guests on and we are adult themed and we just let them fly. So, <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes it can be a little ruckus on the show. So I would give that warning, but that's about it. So. Google us and there you go. That's it. That's all the info. I would say this, though. I do want to say this again since we're on the show or I'm on the show because, you know, Ben, screw that guy. Miss Tina, again, if you listen to Will Continue Monitor and you like it, Miss Tina was the person that was like, hey, you guys are idiots. You should really do this. So, again, if you like it, all the thanks to her and we really appreciate it. And again, that little nudge to be like, you really should do this was I still appreciate it. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I still believe it. It's awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Some podcast. Uh, you guys should go listen to it for sure. And you know, you can find me at goodnursebadnurse.com or you could email me at Tina at goodnursebadnurse. And we're on all the social media sites at goodnursebadnurse. I love to hear from you. And if you wouldn't mind, you could always like and subscribe and give us a five star review. Yeah, we only accept five stars here. Yeah. If you don't like it, I say, I would say, if you don't, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. It's okay. Just move on. You don't have to let me. I don't need to know. I don't. I'm sensitive. I try. No, no, no. I try to be a little more trepid. I'm like, I want five or zero. Like, give me no stars. Be brave. If you hate me, then tell me you hate me and at least tell me why. And I actually am totally open with my fan base. I'm like, no, no, no. If you think I screwed up, you got to tell me because I don't know if you don't tell me. So I have <laughs> we've got some pretty interesting messages, but we appreciate all of them. Still, my favorite, though, is uh, somebody rated us as the most okayest. And I was like, you know what? That's I'd something that. I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm taking that. We'll take most okayest. <laughs> most okayest. All right. Fine. Thank you.
<laughs> uh, it was like, yeah, thanks, question mark. <laughs> like, there you go. But yeah, no, it's it's blast. You're going to have to come back on the show sometime. So. Oh, yes, for sure. And you come back and do some kind of weird, creepy sh- story. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll find something nice and creepy for you. So. Well, I guess that wraps it up. But I, before I leave, I definitely want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse. 